The following may contain language which will be offensive to some people and inappropriate for children. The topics discussed may include drugs, alcohol, or be sexual in nature. This show is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm serious. It's dirty. Really, really dirty. Still here? Then pour your favourite beverage, sit back, and let's get this fucking show started. Pretty cool, I got the keys, so I just come in and you know, comment the music. Tony. What is his name, Tony? Lois can never have Superman's family. Ah, yes. Incredible Hulk melon body. Ah! 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 Hey, I tried to teach you how to handle comics in the sixth grade, but oh, no, you wanted to play a little dude instead. Aquaman's a hero! It's better than number one looks like. I guarantee you blow the load like a shot. Thank you, Trisha. We now return you to Robin Boy Wonder. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. For assemble. Fantastic forum. Lucky you, you get to wake up with us. We're here back live again. It's like we never left. But yeah, we're coming at you live right here on allgames.com, our morning show. We have uh, the usual suspects minus one. We got Joe on the line. Hey, what's up? We got Oz on the line. You guys did this five days in a row the first week? Yeah. Fuck, I'm still drunk from yesterday. Yeah. That's how it... I mean, you know, we... we Technically, we could still do it five days in a row with the two shows, but, you know, there's not a lot of news and shit happening, so figured take Wednesday morning off. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Lawrence will be with us in a little bit. Lawrence, like I'm angry at him. Larry will be here. In a few minutes, he's he's working. But we got a, a good show for you today. We're going to talk about death. Earlier in the week, if you were with us, you heard us talking about the DC Showcase death. And we compared it to the comics. So we read one of the trade paperbacks, Death, High Cost of Living. And we're going to give you a little bit of that. So you get to know, get the review of the animated thing and how it feels or doesn't feel like the comic thing. You know, that's what we do. Instead of doing it in one show and being angry about it, I just spread it across a whole, across a whole week. Yeah, there's also a little bit of news, old news that people are writing. Like, there's this one <laughs> news story. Let's see if I still have it on my tab here. It says, uh, damn, where is it? Yeah, no, I don't have it. But it's basically, The Crow and Other Dark Avengers Explained. Like, that's the top news story on this website. It's like, nobody's talked about the crow 
since Alex Proyas was like bitching about the new movie that never came out like five years ago. But yeah, they're talking about him now. But yeah, we'll bring you a couple. There's a bit of new news, but yeah, we'll get to some of that. And then uh, we'll get you a heavy metal minute because Heck was mad at me that we didn't do one yesterday. So yeah, sit back, pour yourself a, a cup of coffee. And if you want to call in, the lady will tell you how. Want to get in on the action? Call Fantastic Forum on Skype and join the fun. Too shy to call in? That's okay. You can join the Discord chat room available at allgames.com slash live. Join the party. You know you want to. But yeah. Um, it's weird being at home all the time now. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, I when I do the heavy metal minute, I end up going, you know, I find an isolated place to do it, whether I'm at work, in the car, at home, you know, I'll figure it out. But today we slept in, and my wife Emily slept in a little a little longer than I did, because, you know, I had to produce the show. And there's, where can I go where she won't hear me? Because I'm particularly angry this heavy metal minute that I teased yesterday. And... Yeah, it, it, it was going to get loud. I was actually thinking of being funny and just whispering it, <laughs> you know? It's like, hey, this is a heavy metal minute, you know? Heavy metal ASMR? Yeah, and uh, but it's like there's no way I'm going to get to that news story in a way that is going to be quiet and undisturbing. So I went out. It's raining out here. I went out and did it in the rain. So it'll sound like somebody's frying bacon in the background, but no, it's just the rain. The sweet sounds of California rain. Why Why can't you let our audience imagination go wild and crave bacon? Uh, because then we won't deliver bacon. And right now, people can't get bacon when they crave it. So it's going to be hard. Like It's going gonna, it's gonna to cause them to snap and go on a killing spree. So I can't. I can't be held responsible for that. So I have to give a little bit of disclaimer. And yeah. But uh but yeah. <clears throat> we'll I guess we'll jump into death. Larry's not here yet. I was trying to stall a little. But yeah, play that review music and we'll get into death. Comic book review. Comic book like review. <laughs> Well, not, not like that, but like. Yeah. Joe, did you read Death? Yes, I did. Okay, good. I'm glad. Uh, Hector Chat says, is Death animation almost 20 minutes? And yes, it is. It's about 1947 or something like that. If you don't count, like, because it has like a long intro, the DC intro. It's like, oh, cut that out. Like, because <laughs> when I watched it, I actually watched it 13 minutes before the show when we reviewed it because I had forgotten about it. But, it, you know, it was 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, I could cut these credits out, you know? And, uh, and yeah, I, I watched it really quick. And, uh, yeah. And the thing about the thing about the intro is that, the more you watch it, the more obnoxious it becomes. Yeah. 
because you know I was going on a spree watching all these DC showcases, and it's like every time it just feels like it gets longer, and it just it's a little unsettling because you know it's for those that don't know, it's basically a camera going through like a comic book shop, but all the books are DC books. Yeah. And it, it just feels weird. Like as a comic book guy, like yeah, it's it, weird it, to go into a store and it's only one brand of comic. It feels like the worst comic shop ever. <laughs> yeah. Especially the size of the store that they go into. It's like, it's a little, I don't want to say not off putting, but it's a uh, uncanny. I would say that. And it's uh, it, it, on top of that, it has the DC like universe intro that like the computer generated images of heroes, right? That you get on all the DC universe stuff, and they haven't changed it in that whole time. I mean, I think that Death One came out like what eight years ago or something. And, I can't remember, but yeah, it, it's yeah. But anyway, you don't get that when you read the comic. Uh, Joe, how did you feel reading this comic? Well, I guess let me get, get a little little summary of it. Oz, you didn't read it, right? No, I didn't read it. Yeah. Okay, so it's basically the story of death uh, getting a body made of flesh, becoming human for one day. Every Once every century, death becomes human and lives like a human for one day. Uh Part of that is so that, so that death knows. Well, I'm. This is what I deal with. This is who I'm, you know, taking away from life, and helping cross over. Um, she knows what it costs to be alive, and yeah. In this one, she she meets a young man that's sixteen year old dude that's suicidal, and they spend the day together. And hilarity ensues. Right. Yeah. So, Joe, from watching the the animated thing and then reading this, like, how do you feel about that animation being uh, a death adaptation, in a sense? Well, I mean, because this story is more focused on death, and, you know, the animation was focused on the Vincent character. Um, they're kind of two different sides of the death coin, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I was really impressed, like, this comic made me appreciate the animation even more. Because uh, I know... In the animation, Death just has this, like, smile and, like, this cheery personality. And, you know, it just feels more so, like, after seeing her in the book, where she's just always got that on, like, for Mm -hmm. the most part. It's, uh, yeah, like, it's weird how well that came across in the animation. Even reading her, it felt natural. Yeah. Even that her the voice actress they got I don't even know who it was but it kind of like reading it with that voice now, it, it fits. Right. 
and when you say yeah the two sides of the death coin that that's really uh, that's that's really it like when you see like there's stories where they f- of death where they follow um a person and then death comes to them you know and you get a sense of death of who she is and everything like like how we're talking about right now mm-hmm. but it's focused on that person. Oh, those don't happen in death comics, <laughs> unfortunately. That, those actually they, they happen more in in in, for example, a Sandman comic. One of them was where Element Girl wanted to die, and she calls on to death, and death comes to take her, and is she death says, "I can't take you." Like you're a product of Raw, the other avatar of death that. You have to. He gave you this immortality, so he has to take it away. I can't take it because you made a deal with him, and I don't want to step on those toes. You know, we're all working together here. But it was like, like that. Like she, she just spent the day with with Element Girl, and just or Element Woman, Element Girls. Uh, what is it? That's the Flashpoint version. But yeah. And and that was that felt a little more like that animation than this, but you still see where it's like across these three things they got the characterization right across the board, you know. Mm-hmm. And I put a page in the chat, and it's my absolute favorite moment of the book of the the of the story arc, where uh, death and the young guy i forgot his name uh Uh, but they're trapped in a basement and death is being like super optimistic and she's like saying how you know you just gotta be like this clown doll like you knock it down and it gets back up and then the clown doll doesn't get back up and like the look on death's face is priceless yeah (laughs) yeah because of the way the story goes in that moment, she's actually becoming a little more human. Like she's forgetting a lot of the stuff because her power was symbolically taken away, which is a weird concept too, where it's like, yeah, she's still, her power's still there, but she just doesn't know it. Like she doesn't have that reminder, the symbol, you know? Right. And she's like that little bit of doubt that she has is really good, really cool moment. Now, one of the things we should mention is that when she uh, when she becomes human for a day, uh, she's given a backstory. Yeah. So, like, even though she just came into existence, uh, the universe gives her like a little background story where her parents. And a sibling were killed, and she's living on her own. And, uh, yeah, it kind of just fills in the blank so that she actually fits in with the world. And so some people, like, if you're not familiar with death, like, the person she's he's traveling with, like, to him, she just seems like a crazy person who thinks that she's dead, even though she's just a normal girl that lost tragically lost her family. And, uh, yeah, but, like, people that know, like, Matt Hetty, and I forgot the blind guy's name, like, who actually know about death and the realm, like, they get it, but then they also seem crazy just by virtue of being them. 
Now, uh, yeah, you mentioned these characters. So did you get the feeling that there was something missing when you read these, like, of those characters? Like, you should know them at all? Um, not really. Like, I will say the tone of the book, it makes it feel like, like something's purposefully leave loose e- loose endings, loose edges, like they're purposefully non-complete. They like give you enough to tell the story that you tell, but then there's ancillary stuff that can be kept or left off, but in a way that doesn't leave the reader feeling like something's wrong, if that makes any sense. No. That that I, I I definitely feel you on that. Um, it, it's because that like that character, the blind dude, is a uh, is a character called Mister E, and he's been in DC Comics like for a while. I want to say like thirty years, forty years, and you see him in different forms. And in this version of him, is an alternate universe version that can manipulate time and space through magic and came back after his brush with death at the end of the books of magic book. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that it's like, it was I'm like, when I'm reading this, I'm like, Hmm, if, uh, I go, I wonder how, like, if it's going to feel weird that, cause they, they kind of, they talk about her knowing him and, and then brushes with him and, and what he does with the getting an acolyte and things like that. And even with Mad Hattie, too, like she's a Constantine character, and she she comes through in Sandman and stuff like that. But she 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 really like is more of a Constantine person, you know? Oh, okay. So it's one of those things, like wow, you know. But and then like her whole thing with the the heart happened in Sandman when she was young. So now you see her here, old, you know? Right. So it, it's, yeah, there's definitely like, they all got backstories, but yeah, I, I didn't, f- I, I was worried, you know, since I know some of this, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm good. But somebody that hasn't read those, I wanted to see like how you felt with that too, you know? Like part of it is just Death's personality. She's yeah. kind of like, you know, take everything as it comes, be happy, carefree. Like, she kind of doesn't even care about what's going on with them. So it makes it easy to not get invested to the point where I need to know the history. Like, like death, I'm just worried about what they're doing at the moment. Okay, yeah. That's, that's good. That's a sign of a of a well-written comic. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, Oz, you watch American Gods, right? Yeah. So, does she sound familiar to you at all? Uh, well, I know who she is. Yeah. Like, I know the actress, and I, I watch a lot of stuff that she does. Yeah. Because they, they have a character that's like her in American Gods. I don't know how. I haven't watched it. So oh, I don't know you meant how the character. I deep. thought you meant like, do I recognize the voice? Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm talking about uh, 
the well because there's the girl that's the embodiment of death in the zombie well, girl, right? It's I believe the, so. Yeah, the zombie girl or the one that like yeah. sucks the dudes into her vagina. Yeah. Oh no, I don't know if that's, that's no. That. Well, then there's I guess the no he he prepares the dead. Yeah, the the voodoo guy, right? Yeah, the, and then he has like a, a servant or somebody. But they kind of modeled her after this Didi character. The, but I, the um, zo- she's the zombie, right? The wife. I I think so. I don't know. I've n- I've never seen it. But let me see if I can find the. Is she white? Possibly. Uh, <laughs> oh wait, do you watch American Gods? No, I don't. That's oh. what I'm telling you. Like, is anything we're telling you starting from because they say that it's it's her. Uh. It's her, but I, I don't like if anything we're telling you sounds familiar, then maybe it is. And, you know, give me the name that they give you that is that they say. What, it, what was it? Uh, I'll tell you right. Oh, you should watch American Gods. It's good. Well, you read the book, so you might hate it. No, I didn't actually. Oh, well, what happens is a lot of the stuff. From Sandman, he redid there. So, because he couldn't, like, stuff that he wanted to get to in Sandman that didn't get to, or concepts that he thought of there, he redid in American Gods without having to follow DC's things. Now, Oz, you put a picture of Death in chat. Um, Do you know who drew this? Uh, No idea. Let's see. Well, I mean, I guess I do because I'm under. It's on Deviant Art. It's like AB 2017, but I'm not sh- like I don't recognize the signature. Yeah, this was posted on. On like a a board that I just popped up, like when I typed in death. Death showcase, oh, okay. and you go to images. Let's see. I type. Go to yeah. Google. Type in Death DC Showcase just, and images, yeah. yeah. This picture is amazing. Yeah, I loved it. Like, I saw that immediately. I was like, oh, that's why I posted it. Like, as, it really, it, it's not the show. It's not the book. So, so it really, like, not part of what we're, what we're doing here. But it's just so amazing. I had to post it. Yeah, that's really, really good. It says here, uh... A character similar to Didi appears in Gaiman's American Gods, in which she is seen at Rock City, where the old gods are about to do battle with the new gods. She is portrayed as a host of the voodoo spirit Baron Samedi. Hmm. Let me see that. Stanley Arjun Lau. Uh, Burr found it. Okay. Uh-huh. I, I know the the character and he he helps you you remember well you saw the Constantine movie right yeah you know that scene where he goes to hell he does something similar to that like he he like hot boxes a dude and puts him on an electric chair and yeah you know yeah takes him to the point of death but can bring him back. Okay. Because he needs to to see something or have a vision. I I forget. He's not on there much. Like he's he 
He's probably only been there a couple of times, but he is considered like really powerful. Okay. Yeah, I might have to watch American Gods to see who's. I only seen two episodes. Like I tried starting it again, and then I only watched the second episode. I didn't, never went back. <laughs> I don't know why. Did it's you? Just... Did you? You know the, the the wife of the main character, the zombie girl. Did you ever get to the part where where they talk about how she died? No, I don't think so. Oh man, that is like funny and fucked up in so many ways. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, that yeah, you gotta at least get to that part. That shit, that's just hilarious, but tra- but that. tragic too. It's like uh, especially like when like who's hearing the story and just just the circumstances, like that whole episode, just that that sec- that those scenes alone make it amazing. Maybe I'll read the comics. Um, the comics probably aren't as good. Well, probably not. I mean, I don't know, like, because, you know, they're books. I don't know how close they are to the source material. Yeah, no, I, I'm just kidding. Like, if you do read the comics or the books or something, I'd really like to know if if that's the same, the way she died. Okay. Because it, it, it really fucks with the main character's head. Uh, several of them. It's just, it's weird. Huh. All right. Uh, Joe, man, what did you think about this art? The art? Um, you know, it kind of works. Yeah. Like, I think for the most part it works. I, this is one of the, like, you know, I've been a huge Chris Bacalo fan and for many years. Like, he probably one of the first artists I ever talked about on Fantastic Forum, you know? And uh, he, this is one of his early work, uh, or it's the first thing I've ever seen of his when I was a kid was this death comic. And... Yeah, uh, ever since then I've been a fan. I, I really enjoyed it here, but then when he does his own thing, it's even more like sometimes like I'll read something new, Chris Bachalo, and it's like a Marvel thing, and it's like to me it feels like subdued Chris Bachalo, but really like this was subdued Chris Bachalo, but I don't know, it just fit well. I, I really enjoyed it. Um. I guess the way he drew death, I really like, you know? Mm-hmm. The hair and, and the deep blacks, you know? That's all call it colorist, but he, he put that in there, you know? He knows, he, he said to put it in there. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is what made me a Chris Pachalo fan, personally. And then i just been hooked for, since then. Now, Joe, man, would you would you be interested in reading the next trade paperback? I think it's three issues too. Uh, sure. Yeah. I'll probably send that over to you. Um, now the next one's called "Time of Your Life," so that one actually follows the musician chick and her wife and kid. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Which those were characters in Sandman too. Like they they came out in the in the story called the Game of You. Like they had a whole run in with with Sandman. And that was cool. And oh, okay. seeing them here after that, like, because you never knew what happened to those characters in that story. Um, a lot of them ended up dying, and uh, and then seeing those two out here was like was cool. I'm like, oh, okay. And then in time of your life, you see their story more, which is cool too. Um, what would you rate this trade paperback? Um, I had a really good time reading it. Like, I think it deserves a four. Yeah, I would always give this one a five myself. I, I really like the Sexton kid, like his arc and growth in it is cool. And I think the brevity too, like it's, a, a you know, nowadays everybody for the most part feels especially mainstream comics like you got to do a whole arc like five six issues you know and stuff mm-hmm. getting drawn out this three issues like i felt in three issues you get what you would get in five without having to have a bunch of filler you know right so it's nice and concise but it doesn't feel rushed so to me like i i gave it a five when i read it when i was like six or seven <laughs> And then I'll give it a five now that I'm 37. But yeah. Uh, Did you guys watch the Harley Quinn cartoon? I did. But first of all, I just got to point out that I'm really pissed at Burr right now. Why? Because he found the artist of that that death charcoal that, (laughs) that I posted. And I'm on this dude's page. And dude. This guy's got some talent, and he does. He does. He has done a bunch of covers too. So you probably seen his shit. Right. Sorry, I is just, that I've just been distracted, <laughs> like staring at, at just going through his his portfolio here. Is that Dorothy from Wizard of Oz? Oh, yeah, looks, looks like Jay's point posting her, her, his stuff too. So. Yeah. So Burr has just derailed everything. <laughs> yeah, Jay, I'm in the charcoal section. That's where. That's where that is, and yeah, this dude's got some yeah, talent. I found a couple charcoals I'm going to throw up. Throw up the Wonder Woman one. Okay. I like that. I mean, Death is probably her best, his best one. But his Wonder Woman and his Doctor Strange are pretty good, too. Ooh, Doctor Strange. I want to see that. Well, it's movie Doctor Strange. And I think... On his website... I'm on his Google Images. I think he has one that, what's that one where it's like a woman's face is being uncovered and the cover is like a Batman face? Yeah, I have that one. Is that supposed to be Catwoman? I guess. I think I see the whip. Yeah, great. great so, see, fucking Burr's derailed everything. <laughs> well, he's producing the show. But I mean, this guy is amazing. I, I really like that Batman with Wonder Woman. Except for, I mean, I like my Wonder Woman bigger, but other than that, it, looks, it all looks great. Oh, wow. All right, so. Yeah. Harley this Quinn. guy is good with charcoal. 
Yeah, see that that's the thing because I I looked at a bunch of his his covers. I'm like, oh, he's he's a digital artist. That might have been a digital thing, and no, but he actually has like a, a traditional art section where he's using Copics or he's using charcoal. So yeah, this dude this dude gets down. A lot of respect for this dude. How did I not know? How did I not know his name before? Uh, the important thing is you know now. Not I. I gotta look for him now. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> Harley Quinn, I guess. Yeah, Joe, did you watch Harley Quinn? Um, I saw the first episode. I'm not sure how many are out yet. I think uh, the second one comes out like tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, then I'm caught up. <clears throat> I haven't seen it because I haven't caught up to the other the first season. I just saw the finale, so technically I could watch it. But I just haven't. The wait, you saw the first episode, right? You said no. But go ahead. Oh. Uh, it's okay. I'm gonna watch it today. So the uh, oh, he did the cover for Mercy. <laughs> Fucking burr. Uh The the first episode is not exactly right after. There's like a time jump of like six weeks or something. Like they they tell you how long it's been. But it starts off where Gotham is is uh, basically no man's land. Like it's just this dystopian, abandoned place. You know, it, it opens with the government declaring Gotham no longer part of America. Like it's its own thing, so they they don't they don't want anything to do with it. And the heroes aren't doing anything for some reason. Batman's missing. From from the end of the of the last season, and it's really just the, the which one of the villains is gonna is gonna take over the place. So it's Harley's opportunity to to take over everything like she's always wanted to. But it's Harley; she's gonna have some fun, and so it's it's a whole episode of her having fun in this it's just chaos and anarchy, and the consequences of of just fucking around, you know. Right. And what uh how did how did it feel going from the end of that one into this one? Like is the quality still you guys still in? Yeah. And yeah, I'm in like I actually do like the story that they're going with because it's like uh Ivy's trying to get Harley to like take it seriously and like kind of consolidate everyone under her and she doesn't. And so the bad guys do it instead. Like they consolidate, like they split up Gotham between like the five of them. So it's like Bane, Penguin, Riddler. Um, shit. Who are the other two? Uh, Mr. Freeze. And, uh, I think that's it. I don't think Scarecrow does anything. No, Two Face. Oh, Two. Okay. And then they, uh, yeah, they divide the city uh, amongst themselves. And now Harley sees it as a problem, and so she starts going after them. So yeah, like it's a good direction to go from the last story. 
and I like it. And how's the tone? Is the tone still the the funny Harley? Like, yeah, the tone's pretty much the same. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to. I think the this, at midnight tonight, you get the new one. So this first episode, and I noticed this with season one. Their their first couple episodes is just really like gory. Like there's there's so much red, scene <laughs> by scene. You know, there. I mean, there's one point like it's black. It's so much blood. It splashes like the camera. So I mean, literally, you it's red everywhere, and it, it's cartoon violence, but uh-huh. it, it's still like a bit gory. It's still like I, to me, it felt like it was a bit much, but it's not like it doesn't make sense either, especially the the world that they're now inhabiting. You know, it and it's it's just weird how like squeamish king shark was in in season one and then in in this episode like he's just eating dudes like they're snacks well to be honest he was only squeamish for that one episode like his intro episode because even then like he would like eat people like just casually eat people it's yeah, like I guess it was that's weird. true, but like, it was just that episode. And I mean I guess you could explain it once he got the taste of blood, he like stopped being squeamish. But yeah. Yeah, and I, I yeah, that that makes sense. At, at the same time, I guess there's just so much violence and blood in this episode that, you know, it, I don't know, it just probably threw me off personally. But again, it's not I see it as, as a lot of senseless violence that you don't need all of that, but it 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 doesn't throw you off. It it, it doesn't like it, it makes sense. And that that's the important thing. If it makes sense to the story, then you know, it's fine there. People can enjoy it. I don't think anybody's gonna be thrown off. Uh Joe, you probably didn't think that was too much, right? No, I thought it was fine. Yeah, and I, there's there's so much humor in it that you know it's not gonna be that bad. I just when I when I watch the show, sometimes I I, I forget that it's not for kids because it's animated. So that yeah. instinctually, I, I notice these things. But once you, once I come back to my senses, like wait, this isn't a kids show. What the fuck am I? What I should just enjoy it? Then I see that it's not as big a problem as I thought. Yeah, I have that weird thing too. Um, when that movie came out, the Harley and Batman, like it looked like the animated series. Then I start hearing cussing. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I like this. But I didn't. I remember you not liking that. I'm sorry. I, I remember you not liking that. Yeah, it just it was it was off putting. But probably after watching this, I can I'll probably be easier. I'll go back and watch the other one. Yeah, I mean, it's good. Like, I feel like I would have noticed, like, if that, if it was too much. Yeah. Like, if in the Batman Harley Quinn joint, because of the fact is that it was part of the animated series, like, it's not just in that style, it's 
animated series canon. Right. Like, it just felt like it had matured a little. Like, they were doing... It felt like it's stuff they would be doing if they, like, didn't have network restrictions. And it didn't feel like... Because, you know, sometimes when a, a show goes from network to, like, streaming, it feels like they put, like, a lot more in it that to, like, kind of prove, like, oh, we're streaming now, we can do everything we want. And sometimes it doesn't feel like a natural, this is what we would be doing. It just feels like, oh, we're doing all this extra because we can. So... Uh, Harley Batman Harley Quinn didn't feel like that to me. Okay. Yeah, like I said, I only gave it like five minutes. <laughs> Had I stuck with it, maybe I, I I know what I'm talking about a little more. Right, and I mean, yeah, like for the most part, the the only thing that was a little strange to me was the dance number. But at the same time, you know, I get it. So it's not like too off-putting. Or I wouldn't actually say it's not it's not off-putting, but it is noticeable. So what would you guys rate Harley Quinn season two premiere? Um Whoa. What did I rate season one? I would give it whatever I gave that. Like, it it flows right into it. Like, season one is... Season two, it, it's just a direct flow. Like, it doesn't even feel like they're different seasons. Okay. What about you, Oz? I'll probably say, yeah, I don't remember what I gave the first season, but easily... Four and a half. I would I would have liked to see they introduce uh, Mister Freeze as like this ominous threat, but really does he like just eventually by halfway through the episode he just kind of becomes a another villain in the cast. You know, like when when they intro him, I thought he was gonna fuck shit up too, but no, he. Kind of just goes back to he goes back to being a, a normal dude. Also, I wish there was more Bane. Bane's funny. <laughs> it's funny. Like there's this part where they're all having a meeting, and everyone has a high chair except for Bane, and they're like, "We could afford maps, but we can't get a, a fifth chair." <laughs> like. Bane is hilarious. Yeah, it it's a good show. All right. Well, let's uh let's do that heavy metal minute and then jump into some news. All right. Uh, Revocation launched their stay-at-home shirt last month. Uh, you probably heard me talking about it on the previous heavy metal minute. It was a cool design with a surgical face mask and they were giving that money to healthcare professionals now the numbers are in they raised through that limited edition shirt ten thousand dollars 
they were able to buy 5,580 masks and they're being delivered to the hospitals as we speak. So yeah, good for revocation. I'm still sad I didn't get to get that shirt. Uh, it was a cool design, can I say. Uh, last Friday, the New Testament album came out, Titans of Creation. Uh, you've heard Night of the Witch. We played it over another Heavy Metal Minute last a uh, couple months back. But yeah, my favorite song on there is World War Three. Really good. Um, they have a bunch of good songs. Gates of Ishtar. And uh, it's a really good album. It just came out. It's just a little weird to me you know a lot of albums are being postponed you know that one i guess was was a pre-press so it was able to be released but at this point i don't know how bands could really uh promote stuff you know without touring you know i know they're doing the, the home concerts and shit like that but i don't know it's not the same uh the sword is back from hiatus they, they took a hiatus for a couple of years i want to say uh, they will release, they're going to release two, uh, compilation albums. One's going to be called Conquest of Kingdoms, and it's a Rarities and B-Side collection. That, I'm actually very excited for this one. Um, you know, it's a bunch of unreleased songs, uh, you know, live versions of Freya, Iron Swan, and, uh, they're going to have some covers, too. They're going to have an Immigrant Song cover by Led Zeppelin, Nasty Dog and the Funky Kings by ZZ Top. She by Kiss, and one of my favorite songs all around, Forever My Queen by the band Pentagram. So I'm excited to hear Sword do that one for sure. Um, I've heard them do ZZ Top songs in the past. I think they did Cheap Sunglasses, which was really good. So I already know what they could do with ZZ Top, but I'm interested to hear their take on a Pentagram song. Uh, Chronology is the other one. Chronology will be we'll cover all like uh some b-sides uh and live recordings from the years 2006 to 2018 so be on the lookout for that it's going to be released june 5th so yeah keep an eye out for that and uh ghost we talked about ghost only doing one concert in 2020 and it was in mexico city right at the beginning of this corona pandemic corona getting uh, thing and you know part of the thing is they revealed the new Pope the new Papa 4 Papa Emeritus 4 in that show and they made a t-shirt that they sold at that show but you could get it from anywhere in the world even if you weren't there you know uh, it came with a special cup commemorative cup to drink the beer in that I guess you could have bought at the merch table there I know Slayer has done that where I have a couple of those I, I like these cups I buy them. I enjoy them. I drink beer out of them three times and put them away in my collection. But due to unforeseen circumstances, people who ordered this special edition shirt to commemorate this momentous event and wanted a cup aren't getting their cups. So this is the weird shit. They tell you, oh, due to unforeseen circumstances, you're not getting the cup. You'll get the shirt. They don't say when. But you're getting the shirt, but not the cup. But how do they make it right? They say, hey, on your next order, you're going to get $5 off. $5? You know that cup wouldn't have cost me no five fucking dollars. You know what I mean? Some bullshit. 
so I have the right mind to just give you the code. If you're listening to this and you want to buy, get $5 off your your next Ghost merchandise, whether you bought the cup or not, the code is Mexico5. So, yeah, buy, get $5 off on me for your Mexico. Make them lose more than the five bucks, motherfucker. Greedy bastard. I'm Moses Magnum. This has been a Heavy Metal Minute. News? Uh, yeah, it's just... Do you have a picture of this cup? Uh, I think so. Let me see. Does it look like, like a metallic wine glass? Or is that an old one? Oh, no, that, that you could buy that for the store. You could buy that on the store. Um, no, this is a special, like... Like those old Slurpee cups that you know, like you get the Iron Man one or the Black Widow one, you know. Okay. It's like that, but let me see. I gotta look at my email for when they announced it. But all right, well, I'll hit the button then. Yeah. <laughs> comic book news. We should have a like uh, comic book like her. <laughs> Well, not, not like that, but like. Uh, I have a, a news story that following reports of, um, how can I say, shady dealings from the from the band Ghost and their Mexico concert merchandise. I am canceling my order for merchandise from their website. You bought merchandise from their website. No, but I was about to. I was, I was looking through it, and they have like some cool jewelry stuff and necklaces. And oh yeah, they have a dildo. I'm cool. <laughs> it's the pope, like the pope's head on a dildo with the hat. Yeah, which pope? I believe it's the first one, the OG. The, like, Peter. No, no, no. Uh, the from the singers, Papa Emeritus one. Oh, their pope. I thought like real pope. Yeah. No. So and then when you go like... to the website to look, I'm putting it in chat. When you go to the website to look for their shit, it says 404 not found. So I only have this little tiny picture of the original email. All right, it's not not that big of a deal. It just. I just want to see what these cups look like. Yeah. And I don't even remember how much I paid for it, the whole bundle. But, yeah. They have, it, a, they have a horned mask that I like was considering getting, too. Oh, you mean... It's, uh, like, it's like a silver mask. With, I mean, I could post it in chat. It's, it's on my screen still. It's on my desk. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, see you is it metal or is it just like... No, uh, it, it's, it's a vinyl or latex. Right. They might have a metal one, but they, they make them... They, they change them up. No, yeah, it says... Well, this one says it's made of PVC. Yeah. 
There's a good one. I, I don't know. There's one that has the hair. You see how the hair texture? Yeah. And it goes all the way around your head like a helmet. That one's good. And then they have the ones that where the mouthpiece is cut off for the back of vocals. And then they have the female one, too, with the female hair. Because the newer iteration of the band had female um, members. Yeah. So they have a female, like a Marilyn Monroe hair. Um, but yeah. Yeah, five bucks, man. The fucking... Yeah. Uh, I'm annoyed. Anywho. Uh, Savage Circus is a story that's coming up in Heavy Metal 300. And... Uh, one of the the stories in there is written by Brendan Columbus. Now, Brendan Columbus is the son of writer and director Chris Columbus. And, uh, yeah, for some reason it's news that he's doing a story. I don't know if he's ever written anything other than that. But it, it says uh, his story is called Savage Circus. It's going to be, I guess they, they're, he's trying to make a movie and he's using that to get it, you know, Oh, it was published in Heavy Metal Magazine. And uh, uh, the artist is going to be Al Barrio Nuevo. Uh, He drew Batman Gotham Knights and Hush Returns. Mm. Yeah, so it says Columbus aims to transition the story into the big screen. But we'll see. I mean, nobody... I don't know any... I guess he just needs it to be in Heavy Metal Magazine so he could show something. Because I, I don't know anybody that reads Heavy Metal Magazine. Uh, me included. I, I haven't read it in years. Really? Been, Why Why not? Because you can't find them. Nobody carries them. Um, even like trying to bootleg them, like you, there's only like digital copies up until like 2011. Like I can't find any um, newer, newer ones, you know? Like the the in this story, uh, I'll put the story in chat. Uh, they show it's issue two ninety three, and the cover for issue two ninety three looks good. And they only show you a partial of it because they they're just they it's just they just want the logo. But it's like just seeing the people that that worked on it makes me want to get that issue because it's there's a Stephen King story in there. There's uh, Richard Corbin. Tim Seeley, like you like Tim Seeley, because didn't he do the the Dick Grayson CIA guy? Oh, Agent of Spiral, yeah, yeah, he did that, and uh, and then there's the artist Dennis Calero and all those. Those are good, but the cover looks good, and now like I'm over here during the heavy metal minute, I'm trying to find a download for it, and I'm like I couldn't find it, but yeah, it. Scott Snyder, he uh, he shared a piece of unfinished artwork by Capullo revealing Doctor Manhattan would appear in the sec in Dark Knight's Death Metal second issue. Uh, he then clarified that the character would not play a major role in Death Metal, but the ramifications of his actions in Doomsday Clock could be felt through an upcoming story. So yeah, I don't know if you guys will be reading Death Metal, but. I, is it coming out? <laughs> uh, eventually, I, I think it's coming out eventually because this this is a story from yesterday. So he um, he talked about it as if it's still coming out, 
Scott Snyder, that is, on Twitter on April 7th. So it, it, Death Metal should be coming out. It, that, you know, it's just a matter of when. You know, it's not like Spider-Man, J.J. Abrams. We don't, we don't know when that's coming out. Uh, uh, Tiger Claw says, didn't Kevin Eastman own Heavy Metal Magazine at one time? Yeah, he just got rid of it like two years ago. Uh, Hex says, I'll read Death Metal. Let's see what else we got here. Jim Lee is on day seven of the quarantine auction. Oh, all right. Uh, looks like it's a uh, doomsday. Post it, post this in chat. Yeah, I mean, I guess if he's got nothing else to do, right? He's finally able to crank them out. Yeah, oh, that's really good. It's uh, a lot more like the days when he didn't have money, where he could just sit there and draw. Yeah, that looks cool. Yeah, because he's actually making good stuff too. Like, it all looks so great. Because, you know, following him on Twitter, you see a lot of stuff. Some of it looks like this, but a lot of it is just fast, like while he's just doodling at a restaurant, you know? So, yeah, he's putting in the work here. Well, I think it's because it's for a good cause. I mean, it's, it's for charity to help save the business that he loves that that's given him everything he has <laughs> where like you know when he's just doing books he's like eh, whatever i got paid burr and chess says now do that with charcoal we don't have a uh art germ doomsday in the- <laughs> no he, he, he would rather draw women. And you know what? I support that. There should be uh, more women George, heroes. What? <laughs> should, there should be more women heroes. Yeah. Uh, retired comic artist George Perez has posted eight unused pages he penciled for Birds of Prey. The pages were intended for Birds of Prey 7, which was canceled in the wake of New 52, leaving Perez drawn Birds of Prey comic purely a might have been. Uh, he shared on his personal website the eight pages depict uh, Birds of Prey member Evelyn Crawford, aka Starling, visiting her uncle Earl, the elderly World War II veteran. Because of Earl's advanced Alzheimer's, he has traumatic flashbacks to his violent past and attempts to kill Starling. As the pages show, though, Starling is prepared and able to calm her father. Joe, you were really reading that series, huh? Before New 52? Um, I was reading it a little bit. Okay. I, I was in and out of Birds of Prey. I, there was one, which one was it? Oh, there was one series that, that was like, you were upset that they just stopped it because of it, right? Uh, Gotham City Sirens? Was it that one? Okay. So I made the same mistake the film producers did. <laughs> Yeah, I I think that, yeah, stopped because of that, I think. Yeah, and there was one that didn't, it was, was, I think it was Secret Six, that one just kept going like nothing happened, I think. Right, Yeah. which I always meant to get into that, but I never got around to it. 
Uh, Shonen Jump is delayed after the editor contracts coronavirus. Says wow, issue, that sucks. Yeah, issue 21 of the weekly Shonen Jump has been delayed as a member of the editorial staff has contracted coronavirus. As of April 8, employees in their 40s working in the editorial department of the weekly Shonen Jump are suspected of being infected with the virus. The company declared in a statement, the employee refrained from coming to the office on April 2nd when he had a fever, consulting a medical facility, and waiting at home for his PCR test. Yeah, so that'll be delayed. <clears throat> and let's see what else we got here. Nope, nothing. Oh, Harley Quinn Birds of Prey has been drastically reduced in price <laughs> on video on demand uh, platforms for rental or for purchase. Uh, rental. Uh, it seems Warner Brothers may have been struggling to shift copies of Harley Quinn Birds of Prey on rental platforms as the price has been massively cut on VOD. And it doesn't say by... Oh, it says here, after originally being priced at nineteen ninety nine, you could rent Birds of Prey for five ninety nine. Yeah, but I don't want to rent it. Yeah. Like, I would rather purchase it And you never know when you're going to feel like watching it. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know when I'm going to feel like watching it. Well, yeah, you. You didn't <laughs> like it. Yeah. But I liked it. Uh, they think John Cena is teasing a big screen adaptation of Exo Manowar. Wait, no. That was... I remember reading something about that because Valiant was going to try and do a Valiant verse uh-huh. but because of the underperformance, which partially not his fault of Bloodshot. Like it just came out right when the coronavirus did. So that was unfortunate for them. But I heard they're not going to do that because, you know, uh, because of Bloodshot not pr- performing well enough. Yeah, I mean, he he posted on Instagram. He just said, uh, welcome to my Instagram. These images will be posted without explanation for your interpretation. Enjoy. So it probably, it, maybe it's a would have been. Or maybe it's a comic book he's reading, which I don't see why he would read Exo Manowar. I mean, some people liked it. It had a cult following. I mean, out of all those, it was one of the better ones back in the day. I haven't read any of the new shit. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I, I can see people liking Exo Manowar. I don't see him liking Exo Manowar. Mm, well. I don't know. You know what they, It's like. This quarantine is making people read all kinds of shit they probably would never have thought of reading. I don't know if this next story is a joke or if James Marsden has been quarantined so long he's going crazy. 
but he it's he's quoted as saying that he didn't expect X-Men X, the X-Men films to be so popular. <laughs> right? It's like That's- having that thought before you make the films is already foolish because you should expect an X-Men movie to be popular. Having that thought looking back at the movies that you made, it's still a ridiculous thought because are they really popular? Like, do people really love those movies? Is it just us ragging on it? Or I thought the whole world did. No, they they still have their fans. Um, mostly the first and the third, I think, are the ones that have their fans. The third? The Dark Phoenix one? Oh, you mean the current X-Men movies? I Since it's Marsden, I assume it's the ones that he did. Where He's the original Cyclops. Right. Like, X-Men 1 and X-Men 3 still have their fans. Although, at the same time, I... You know, the fact that there's what, like, ten of them, those movies in that universe? Yeah, they're pop. That they're popular is they're popular for sure. That they're good is different. But even then, it's like, yeah, people like I know people that love Days of Future Past. I kind of like Days of Future Past. Yeah. See, I like the other one better, Apocalypse. Like, Days of Future Past was just so weird. Like, why can Kitty time travel now? It was so weird. And how do you get DNA from a robot? Well, Kitty did happen. Yeah, Kitty didn't do it in Days of Future Past. It was Wolverine. Yeah, but well, Ki- Kitty was the one who sent him. Yeah. Also, uh, even if... Uh, take the time travel aspect of it out. The way the way she explains what she's going to do is a psychic power, isn't it? But it, Yeah. Now, oh wait, was Professor X helping her with that? Is that what was happening? Yeah. It was her on her own. Okay, see, so then yeah, she has no business being able to do. Yeah, see that like for a second I thought, wait, that doesn't make logical sense. Oh, Professor X was there, maybe he was helping her. But if you're telling me he wasn't, then yeah, it's so she has psychic powers and time travel powers. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And yeah, Mo, technically Wolverine doesn't really time travel, but because he was alive during that time, they send his old consciousness into his it, younger body like uh like Captain America did after they killed him. Yeah. Or Assassin's Creed, kind of. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Uh, Burr says, damn, what the fuck? Now manga's getting affected? And they still have their fans in denial. Oh, yeah, he's talking about X-Men there. Uh, He says, I kind of like Days of Future Past 2. I don't even remember this shit, though. (laughs) Like, I'm not the kind of person that would talk shit about someone for liking something. Like, I wouldn't do that. But it's just so weird that the movie could be so blatantly wrong. 
and people are like, oh, they're fine with it. Like, they're fine with Kitty having magical powers that she doesn't, can't have any possible way of having. She's, they're, like, they're fine with robots having DNA. Where? <laughs> Uh, okay, what's the next story? Uh, I'm out of stories, so if you guys got some, uh, Phil- yeah, it's a Philadelphia rapper China Rogers, uh, best known as China, died on April eighth. Her family confirmed it through her management. Uh. The cause of death was currently unknown, and she was 25. Do you guys talk about Marvel Unlimited? I think so, that they added new books. That they're offering free access to iconic comic books for one month. Yeah, we, we talked about that. Okay. Do you guys talk about Iron Hammer? Nah, what's Iron Hammer? It is Iron Man and Thor combined to form Marvel's Iron Hammer. I'll post this image. Sounds kind of redundant. Yeah. I guess there's a story where let's see, it takes place in Infinity Warps, Iron Hammer. Is that like an Elseworlds thing? Infinity Warps? I think so. That's a Larry question. Okay. Yeah, as I read the story, it takes place in an alternate actuality, really. Not reality, actuality. <laughs> uh, everybody seems to be stupid, stupid, stupid. This is dumb. This is dumb. It's an amalgam of Thor and Iron Man. So, I guess it's it's Thor with Iron Man's brains and he builds a suit. Which, again, seems pointless because isn't Thor essentially indestructible himself? Supposed to be. If you can lift the hammer, you're pretty much indestructible. Yeah, okay. It's the, people are running out of stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh, we talked about... I got a, a Mo deal. We talked about... Death... The Vertigo book, and you can now get up to 80% off on Vertigo on Comixology. Oh, nice. Yeah, you can get a bunch of stuff. V for Vendetta. That's usually a $35 book. You get it for $8.99. Uh, Preacher is about half price, 6 bucks. The average is 6 bucks. The, the Kitchen is $5.99. American Vampire, $5.99. Hundred Bullets, $5.99. I still need to read that. Yeah, look, you can start. See what else we got here. Yeah. Supposedly, the Black Knight in Eternals, his costume is going to be comic accurate. Like why? I, I didn't look. There's a lot of stuff that isn't off the bat, so I don't know. But right, like why bother? That's That's the story. Like I was thinking about that in because the you know one of the news stories that. Uh, Lock and Key got renewed for Netflix and the house like if you look at the house 
in the comic and there it's like fucking identical but it's like yeah why bother like you change so much other shit like story wise like why bother for the look you know now this i'm assuming you guys haven't talked about this story yet no okay because this this first paragraph of this story like really it does not bode well for this movie so read it verbatim uh, according to the direct, comic book readers will easily recognize Cape Harrington as Black Knight in the film. The report claims the Eternals pre-production was rushed, meaning several costumes weren't ready in time, but will be added in post. That's the sentence that, that does not bode well. That's, that's some Green Lantern yeah. shit. Although Harrington was spotted wearing modern, modern clothing alongside Gemma Chan's Cersei in a behind-the-scenes photo, this won't be Whitman's final look. So I think they're going to Green Lantern his ass. Well, not his huh. ass. I mean, that's a that's an ass, but yeah. That's so so it's going to be comic accurate but added in post. That's what this story is making it sound like anyway. Because they they had to rush it, I guess. Can they add like can they make Selma Hayek a dude in post? They could. I don't think. I think the amount of money they pay her, though. I mean, is her character supposed to be the the head of the Eternals? Like an elder type, yeah. Okay, because the story is she's gonna be like the leader. Yeah, it, it's kind of like that. I mean, the the leader for the most part is Icarus, but. Like he's got the you know the elder advisor, which is weird when you think about Eternals. Like they just, you know, they never die. Well, they die, but they never like age. So having an elder one, but it's like the way they they're created. Like they when they die, they get remade in a different era. You know? Yeah. And they kind of the death thing with the you know they're like asleep basically. And then just being a person, and then they get awakened. Do they always wake up on Earth? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's Eternals in other planets, but they're different. Like their stories are different. Because right, I'm just thinking, like Thanos is born on Titan, Titan, right? Right. So I thought, yeah. yeah, okay. But there's Eternals there too. Right. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Then uh, a, Paul Rudd had a script for Ant-Man 3. He wanted Modoc and AIM. Uh, that would have been cool. Could still happen. I mean, I'm pretty sure they haven't even started shooting it. So they might take elements from here and elements from there. And they try to make yeah. those movies funny. I think Modoc could, could really do that. Mona could be funny and serious. Like, it's one of those... Well, you make him like, serious, but he looks kind of funny, and then people reacting to right. him could be funny. And then the thing is, even, like... Like, you could have the same funny Modoc in a funnier movie, and then have him be in a serious movie, too, without having to change the characterization. Yeah? Okay. I think that's my load. Alright. Go ahead and uh, we're going to do the wrap-up music. Or we could just add it in post. 
don't know if it cuts us off or anything. Uh, I'll start it, and then, uh, then uh, you just come in. All right. Joe, man, why don't you give us some final thoughts? Um, just stay safe, everybody. Keep self-isolating. We got to flatten that curve as much as possible. Uh, you got final thoughts? Final Fantasy VII Remake, Chapter 1, tomorrow. Yeah. I'm not getting it. <laughs> and for Larry, who wasn't here, uh, I hope he uh, he enjoyed his family emergency. But yeah, we'll check us out tomorrow. We'll be back 10 a.m. Pacific time right here on allgames.com. <laughs>